0: This is the Coach's Wife Life podcast. I'm Kristen Ergel, your host, a former TV sports reporter and fellow college football coach's wife. I'll go one-on-one with the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax deductible donation, you can use Vidmo at Brewer Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. Hey there, I'm Chris Nerlon. We have an exciting podcast ahead. But first, I want to talk about something we all know way too much about moving. Just the thought of that can bring an unsettling emotion. Well, I found a team that can take that load off your plate. It's D1 Relocation. This group can do it all. They can organize your move, coordinate with a moving company and a trusted real estate agent. They can actually vet key household partners, such as schools, insurance agents, physicians in the area. They can even help set up your Wi-Fi and water. It's incredible. So I've come to know this team, which is actually founded by a coach's wife. I think you should check it out whether you're looking to move now or in the future, it's d1relocation.com. Now on to our awesome podcast. It is my honor to bring Jody Gillespie on the podcast. Jody is the wife of Joe Gillespie, the defensive coordinator at TCU. Thank you for being a part of us. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to get to talk to you. Obviously, the world was watching last year when you guys were playing for a national title. What a magical season. You've spent before that, you were at Tulsa for seven years and elevated to defensive coordinator. And I think what is really interesting about your career, you had 20 years on the high school level in Texas in Stephenville, which we have some listeners out that way, as my husband is, uh, grew up in Brownwood area. So yeah. two state titles. Uh, and if you talk about Texas high school football, that means something there for sure. So talk, Do we think about this career that he's had. What stands out to you as to what makes him special? He's had success on multiple levels.
1: You know, I think what makes uh, Joseph special um, is that his players know that he loved, they love him, that he loves them. And uh, they, I, I swear, I say all the time, I think they'd run through a brick wall for him because they know he would run through a brick wall for them. So, um, I feel like he gets the best out of this the kids. They don't have to be five stars. They don't have to be um, multi-talented but they play like it because they just believe the belief that he instills in them and that just the um I feel like he takes their talents that they have and brings it to the table and it all comes together. And um I don't know, I just I feel like you just have those coaches that just they're teaching more than football. They're teaching life. And it just translates on the field.
0: Incredible stuff. Okay. Think back. Growing up in Texas, did you ever see yourself as a coach's wife? And especially when you're there, you know, year 12, 13, 14 and coaching high school ball, did you ever see this life here at TCU? Um,
1: Absolutely not. I did think I would be a coach's wife. I was a coach myself. So I did feel like um, that I would probably marry a coach or have that in our lives. Um, and so that being said, I never we never imagined we figured we would um, retire at Stephenville High School. We just you know never imagined being somewhere else. Um, but we were blessed enough to get that opportunity. And now it's like it's like you live different lives. You have I have the high school life and then I have the Tulsa life and now we have the TCU life. It's amazing how they all kind of feel like a little life inside a big life. And um, each one of them brings another blessing. It Just God's taking care of us in every situation where they put people around us that, um, outside of the football family, inside the football family, that really just kind of invest in us and and, in ways other than football and um, just really make it special to where what I, what I thought no one I never thought of leaving Stephenville. I didn't grow up there, but he did. And I never thought we would ever leave there and didn't think there was a place like Stephenville and then we go to Tulsa to Owasso and we find another family just the same. And then we've come to Fort Worth back home. I would say back home. And you find another entire different family. And it and it is is very evident that God's plan is what we're trying to follow and he is blessing that. Wow,
0: I love that. Okay, so how did you two meet? You said Uh you were a coach, so I want to hear all about this. Uh,
1: I was. I played volleyball at Angelo State, and Joseph played football at Angelo State, and we met our freshman year in college, so we met at two days when only volleyball and football were on campus. (laughs) We were friends for the first semester, just hung out all the time with our other friends, and then started, decided to date in February of that year, so since then, it's been thirty. We'll be married thirty years this year, so it's thirty-three years of Jody and
0: Joseph. I love it. Thirty years of marriage. Yeah, that is quite the feat. That's impressive. Yeah. And being a coach's wife, moving around and doing all this, um, when you think about, I mean, you've stood there, at, you know, and and you're wearing uh, looks like a necklace. Well. Uh, it's got a J. It's not a... <laughs> okay. I didn't know if it was like a t- state title necklace. I do you know? have a
1: couple of those state title pendants. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> yeah. So you've seen some very high moments, some incredible things, you know. I mean, last year's season was just magical watching that. I don't know it didn't end exactly the way, but to be a part of going to the national championship game in the playoffs and things like that, unbelievable. But that not is was- perfect, right? You have tough seasons throughout um, Throughout it all, say, if you could pinpoint one and go, this was probably our toughest time. And what do you guys rely on to get through that? Well, you know, we have had,
1: you know, we've had some state championship. We've had one state championship for Joseph, but he's been a part of three where he was an assistant. Um, And then we had last season where our son was in a state championship. And uh, and Joseph was in the national championship, and so last year was probably the dream of all dreams for the Gillespie family. Um, but and those are amazing. But what sets you up for those, and how you appreciate those, and don't take those for granted, are the times when you are uh, two and ten, two and eight. Or um, in Tulsa, we had some low times. In Stephenville, when he first got the job. Um, we were zero and two going into the third game and literally what we rely on is, is prayer and knowing that God has us there for a purpose and trying to see what that purpose is outside of wins and losses. Um, and, and I would say that's when, you know, I think he takes us to our knees to, to remind us, you know, this, I give you all the good, but you got to remember that there's some learning to do here. And, um, i feel like those times are when we grow the most and we can appreciate the highs because we know the next season is the next year is coming and uh, this season has been a tough season for us it's not been when you go from that high and you you know you can't expect to be there but you want to you know that feeling i feel like then it that's when you learn your character and you learn how you um what, how you react, how you build, how you, um, I don't know, relate to those things is, is when your character, I always say you ooze what you are. So if you fill yourself with with good and you fill yourself with um, self-worth and self, you know, you know, that God's got you there for a purpose. I told, I text Joseph all the time after anything, I said, you know, just look at where God, what God's doing today. Like, look, he's working all around us. So let's just look what's happening today. That is a positive. Go with that. <laughs> that's exactly that
0: what it. we're talking about. That. That's exactly what I wanted to ask because you had such a season, right? Last year and this year, obviously, you know, yeah. you know, and what's wild is you're doing the exact same things as you did last year. Right. I mean, that's yeah. what people don't understand. You're putting yeah. in the same amount of hours and doing the exact, if not more. Right. Yes. Yeah. What do you say to him in those moments? And then you just answer that question is encouragement of your purpose and look for what, you know, God's doing in your life right now. I mean, that, are those, is that what you do? I mean, do you have specific times that, is it a text every day? Is it, what do you You do? know, we
1: do have, Joseph sends a message out to our family circle of trust. <laughs> it's now our, our two oldest are married with babies. And so we, they're, they're included. They're in the trust now. And he always sends out a, a verse of the day and a, just an encouragement in that way. Um, so we have that. And then uh, I usually, I mean, I have sang songs to him on uh, text or just, I just want him to remember because I know he does, but in the moment, as you know, as a coach's wife, you can watch them and you know that that is, that it's hard on them when they struggle and figuring out what to do and what have I done wrong and why aren't they playing the way they should, even though I'm teaching them the same things and how do they forget it and all the things and, uh, and i try to just remind him i think i'm a fixer and so that's why i probably do it um i just try to remind him that you know you're not here for wins and losses you're here to to grow men Uh, up in high school that's the one thing going from high school to college i struggled with a little bit with joseph is he was so good at building boys into men young men to go i mean they were prepared biblically that he threw in bible stories at the end of games he did all the things to to show them that this translates into life and then I watched in college how he could do the same thing it was it was building young men into husbands and fathers rather than you know little boys into figuring out what life is about and so anyway so and that's his purpose and so I figure if I can do the little reminder of Remember your purpose, (laughs) then
0: that's my job. That's right. Remember your purpose. Uh, This is so uh, fascinating to me because you've seen a lot of levels of athletics, high school, college, and you've been a part of it for a while. So you have a unique perspective in the fact that you've seen it change a lot, even high school and your sons to mention, uh, play high school football is your one of my youngest is a senior this year. So you're experiencing this. Yes. As a mom as yes. well, I have so many questions there. Is it pretty hard to be a player's mom as and a coach's wife? I mean, is it, it, is, is it, is busy. Is it harder? What is it? Mm,
1: you know, when Josh was in high school, Joseph was his high school coach. So it was a lot easier because we were all involved and we were all there. And Jake rode the bus on over when he was in kindergarten to the high school. We were all there. Chelsea was there cheering, um, playing volleyball, all the things. And so we were all right there. Um as uh, when he's in college and Jake is in high school, um, it's two separate vibes. I mean, I am all Alito Bearcats on Friday, dressed up breakfast for the boys, all in that. And then Saturday it's TCU. So it's like, it, it, it's fun for me. I get to play dress up two days, but it's, you know, Joseph gets to come to the games, but he's not a part of any of, you know, people are like, you have a husband? I'm like, I do. I do. And he knows all that's going on, but he's just never here until it's game time, which is fortunate that he gets to watch games. So definitely.
0: Um, Obviously you have made things a priority in your life. You are, you know, you understand the big picture. You're keeping everyone encouraged. What are you glad yeah. now looking at your career, if you were to give any advice, and I am probably gonna ask you this type of question over and over in different capacities, That's but okay. what advice would you give? Maybe a newer coach's wife uh, right now, where should they put their focus?
1: Well, uh, always on your family. And so always on your kids. because if dad can't be there, mom's gotta be there. So, um, at, for young ones, I would say, bundle them up and go be wherever he is. If he's out in the snow, you get a snowsuit and, you go watch the game um that's just what i did i my kids my youngest was on a stroller on the sideline um while my daughter was cheering with the cheerleaders as a little mini cheerleader and my son was a ball boy on the sideline we were all there it didn't matter if it was raining if it was we were there um and so as young now they get to a point where they have activities and you you know when it's in the week that's good but if it's on the weekend and it's game day you know jake had that my youngest had that and um you go do game day with your um youngest you're you're there and then y'all go straight to the game we would go in jake's uniform from Pee Wee football to the tulsa game you know he was in his uniform and um joseph would tell me and still does with jake being in high school he's like you'll be at jake's stuff and you'll be at everything for jake and then whatever you can do for be for me you're there but You'll be with Jake. And so, even as he's going into college now, he's he's committed to SFA. And, you know, I'm looking at that going, that's going to be harder than Friday, Saturday. <laughs> and, um, and so I am now, you know, he's like, you'll go to Jake's games. And then when you can be at both, you'll be at both or, or whatever. But if Jake's playing, you'll be there. And so, that's going to be a whole
0: nother chapter. <laughs> so, a new chapter. Yeah. Definitely. But a fun one. I'm
1: well, glad
0: definitely fun. You, you've seen him ha- have a successful high school career and now in college. Is there anything that you think you've done that's contributed to this?
1: Uh, I, he would say I um, raised the children and <laughs> I think really and that's a true statement. He did definitely raise them with me. Um, but um, I feel like I do everything here to make sure this runs smoothly so he can do everything there. And he's a part when he comes home, he jumps back in, but um, I try to take care of everything at home so that he doesn't have to have extra things to think about. And uh, and that's hard. And sometimes we have to have conversations late at night so that I can figure out really what to do. Or um, sometimes I can't answer the questions and I'm like, we're gonna talk to your dad tonight and we'll figure it out. But um, I really try to one, take care of the house, take care of, I do all the bills. Sometimes he asks, how much do I make? Uh, can, I, can I afford this? <laughs> can I go buy it? And that sounds so silly, but I guess that's a really trusting relationship. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, but it helps him because he doesn't have to worry about all of that. And, um, and I've been a good steward of it, so it's good but the other thing is is i'm his biggest cheerleader i don't sit down at the football games if anyone if you ask anyone i'm guessing any college or high school they would say jody stands up at the entire game and she's cheering the whole time and if you're not cheering she will tell you to get up and cheer and it's true i don't care if we're winning or losing those boys have worked really hard those coaches have worked really hard and there's no reason not to cheer them on there's no reason that we can't do
0: our part as i say okay so i want you to speak directly to me i've never done this on the podcast i'm in the season of life that you have just passed and you've got you know one in high school but right now i'm in the part where you mentioned the part where hey wrap them up young they can go i'm in the season where i am taking them to baseball softball i'm exhausted so what would you say to a mom like me (laughs) well how do you sustain during the season of uh being going, going, going and being the primary parent that's getting them to everything. And I know it sounds like, hey, you know, there's bigger problems in life, but you are kind of carrying it all. How did you how do you get through that?
1: You know, um, I was fortunate enough to have my mother in law and father in law in the same town for 20 years. So there was an opportunity for me to say, you know what, can you watch the kids for just a few hours Mm -hmm. so that I can go do something for me? Something I really liked to run at that time, so I would try to run at 5 a.m. I I ran early before everybody woke up, so that then, you know, I could do all the things. Um, But I would say, you know, carve out some sort of time for you, because if you don't take care of you, you got to fill yourself up so that you can let it flow out and um, whatever that is. To me, it was going out and running. I'm just kind of an active person, I guess. And I, I literally, until Joseph went to the college level, I never sat down till nine o'clock at night. I, d- I didn't even know what it was like to sit on the couch. When I sat down, I was like, what? Is this what people do? <laughs> I didn't even yeah. know. And, and it was just the life. It was my lifestyle, so it didn't really bother me. I never, never really thought about it any other way. Um, until something changed, and I was like, "Oh, people different." This is this is weird, and and it was nice, and all of it's good. But I would say that I would say um, I took Chelsea, my daughter, did travel volleyball, and so there was a lot of times Friday nights we were up till two, we were up at five thirty going to the tournament, and the two because Joseph would come home from games and had to talk about it, and I just would sit there with one eye open. <laughs> and, yep yep so good i saw that yep yep that was good and then we you know go to sleep he got to wind down a little bit um but but i would those moments are the most that are priceless so tired all time but we didn't do a whole lot on saturday night we weren't the couple that went out on dates our dates were at home with the family and some people don't you know some people need the date nights and and I'm not saying we didn't go on date nights because we did, but it was a lot of times we're just, you know, with the family at home and it was relaxing and it was, you know, that's when we took our time. Sunday afternoons were always a nap time after
0: church, laundry, um, laundry, grocery
1: nap time.
0: And to clarify, you you didn't say it on camera, but you worked full time when he was a high school coach. I did. So you have walked that life of working full time and juggling all this as well, because I know I have some high school wives that are listening and college, yeah. but I mean, obviously I work, uh, that have, you've navigated this, you've walked this, you've survived Yeah, yeah
1: we have survived, we have survived. And I and think it's, right. you just have to embrace it and you just have to, you know, be all in. and. and I guess that's, that's what I keep telling people that do ask me. I'm like, be all in. If there's one advice I could give to any coach's wife is be all in. If you're not all in, he's going to know it. And he's going to sit there. I, Joseph has asked me, if this gets too hard, let me know. If this gets too hard, let me know. I mean, you know, because they get a little bit, uh, the higher level you get, the more intense it gets. You know what I mean? There's just any, we go in knowing that before he ever took a job he's like you know this is going to be a, a step more this is going to be a more involved there's going to be and I'm like okay okay we got this yeah and pressure <laughs> pressure and it's real. It is and, real and people aren't nice and i have, he always tells me i have to get thick skin i'm very sensitive and very you know want to just defend and he's like you
0: just have to have the thick skin and know that i'm okay so yeah. it's hard not to respond.
1: <laughs> oh my, it is. It's very, it's very we fortunately hard. haven't had to too many times, but there's been some that I've been like.
0: And <laughs> I've heard from yes, from high school coaches' wives that are like, we're real like these are smaller communities sometimes where you're running into people that say things. Whereas obviously I live in Miami, six point five million people sometimes you oh, don't even yeah. run into anybody.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. So well in Stephenville, it
0: was very small. Very small. Well, you're going to marry somebody.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, fortunately, he was very successful at Stephenville, and uh, there were times, and at the beginning of his career there, as a head coach, there were you know people wondering, can he do this, and you know things like that, and he proved that he could. But I really, we, our coaches' wives, we had our own little colored T-shirts that we wore the games so we could spot each other. And I sat on the sideline, so I really didn't have to listen to anything, but I had friends that were outside of the coaching thing that would stick up for us. They'd be like, um, no, we're not gonna talk like that. <laughs> so You gotta have your people. Gotta have your people. and that to me is another I was gonna tell you too, that the other thing is have your people outside of the coaching that are invested in you. We did Bible studies with people that were not involved. They were our they were they I consider them family in Stephenville still. Because they, we invested in each other when our youngest were young, you know, and we had Bible studies, we had monitors in the rooms and we all went to the house and, and really invested in some people that didn't care if we won or lost, all they cared about was us. And so to me, you need one, you need, you got to have at least one or two that don't care whether you win or lose and, and aren't involved in that, in my opinion. In in my opinion,
0: I, I think People that's know, wisdom. I got a question from someone that was um, that messaged me on uh, Instagram. Her name is Kara. She's a coach's wife. She says she's having a baby in the middle of the season. Did you ever experience that? Did you have one in the
1: fall? Well, I did not have one in the fall. Now, my oldest two, I was coaching softball and volleyball, and Joseph was baseball football. <laughs> and um, I was twenty three and at 24 when I had my first two they were they're back to back 11 months apart so I coached I was the head softball um, we started the volleyball program there and they were both born in March and April which is in the middle of softball season as I was the head coach so I coached until I had both of them and um and Joseph was in baseball at that time so um but he literally brought my babies. My mom followed me to a game and she was in the car with my newborn as I was coaching first base for softball because our season wasn't over yet. And so I think I'm that weird one that just went on and I had the babies. I had C-sections. So I had, you know, two weeks off maybe. Um, but I still went to the games and um, I, they just became a part they just my kids would say they grew up in all of that now when my oldest were three and four i decided i can't coach and do this and that's when i became the cheer sponsor the cheer coach because my friend talked me into that so uh so i started that and i did that for 14 years so we just
0: yeah so i Intense itself right there though yeah that can be very intense that's um how do you handle sports with your kids? Obviously, your kids are going on to do great things, and you have one about to play college football. Uh, there's a lot of expectations when dad yeah. knows, you know, immediately, you know, my son gets on our team, they're like, oh, you know, they yeah. put a little pressure, you know, and sometimes that's not fair. How do you handle that when they didn't have a good day or they're not instantly successful on the field like everyone expects them to? Right. Right.
1: Um, you know, I uh, with Josh, um, fortunately, um, he wasn't put in that situation now, Josh was a sophomore when we won state um, in high school and Chelsea was a freshman and um, Josh got pulled up to the varsity team. He maybe could have made the varsity as a sophomore, but Joseph was not going to do that because of he was a coach's kid. And uh, there was an injury and Josh got moved up to fill that spot and got to play for the season and um, through the state championship. And so that was, but Josh would tell you, it was a difficult um, time because a lot of people said, because your daddy's the coach, you're on varsity, you know, and I just, I would tell Josh, you do the best you can out there. If, if the best is all you got. So if you're doing your best and you're giving it your all, then there's nothing else you can say. And, um, Joseph was very, was very hard on Josh as far as, you know, I'm going to be the hardest on you and told him up front, I'm going to be the hardest on you. Just know it, know that I love you, but I'm going to be the hardest on you. Cause I don't want anybody saying that, that you don't deserve this. And, um, and it, it I think that helps Josh. He's now a coach at Abilene Wiley. It's his fifth year there as a football coach and, um, track coach. So, um, he learned, he, you know. I always say the first one's your guinea pig, so you you learn from that. And then Chelsea, I coached her and uh, was hard on her. <laughs> Unfortunately, it just gets to where you're you're hard on your kids because you know that it's going to be hard questions to answer. Like, are right, you're the coach's kid? You're the, you know. And um, so I, I say hard, meaning expectations are there, um, not to be perfection. But to work hard all the time, every play, work hard. And then Jake got to see that growing up and never had his dad as a coach. Just they say, Oh, Coach Gillespie's son is it? Mm-hmm. And fortunately, he's like, You know, we moved back to Texas and um, J- J- Jake um, said, Can I go back to Stephenville? And we were like, Can't do that. It's too far. And he said, Well, Alito. And, and Joseph told him, You know, Alito is a great program and you're going to go in as a sophomore. Um, and Jake was like, bring it on. I got that. Okay, let's go. And so I think that his expectation was I'm going to do it. And so he took all of that kind of grew up saying I've got to
0: just work hard. So what's been your take on social media and your kids and as they have navigated their dad, like last year, I mean, your son would be a junior and all that. Of course it's all positive and all that, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, what, what's been your take on that? That's gotta be hard a little bit because you still have people that'll make comments about it. Oh things. yes,
1: um, we don't, I don't look at it. I actually did look at it a little bit um, at times. And um, honestly, I'm gonna throw this one on Joseph. Joseph is really good about, he doesn't take compliments well, unfortunately. I'm always like, babe, you need to take the con. like say thank you and take, because he knows that the next thing the next thing, if I do something wrong, the next thing's happening. And so if you get too high, then you're going to get real low. And so he always kind of taught us and told us, you know, you can't, you know, that's great. All the accolades, that's all good. Accolades are great. But there's going to be a time when those same people are going to be saying negative things. And if you take the great and you're all about it, then they're going to be all about the negative. So you really just have to kind of remember that, all that matters is what's going on on the inside it's great when you get great publicity on the outside but you have to remember that that's that really what matters is what's going on in here so you have to kind of take that with a grain of salt and that's where he told me to get thick skin because i'm like <laughs> what did they just say <laughs> are they saying? and i think jake does a really good job with that i mean i think he knows that you
0: know how hard they work and and
1: you know that everybody's the negative speaks louder than the positive. Unfortunately, too much.
0: If you could say something for um, high school football or any uh, any sport, I, coached high school athletics, um, of what those families go through, maybe something they would want to say. <laughs> what, what if you could enlighten uh, communities and stuff of what the the that scene, you know. what what would you say to people that that the high school level goes through that maybe you've experienced now you have a different perspective, but you could see some of those sacrifices that they make for the community and all that. What, Mm -hmm. what would you say to that? What would you, if you could enlighten the community on on what um, those coaches go through, what would that be?
1: Oh, wow. Yes. Because they like to, yes, that's a good one. Um, Those coaches work seven days a week and those coaches work hard to figure out to me um, at the high school level, which is my favorite thing about it is you get what you get. And all of those coaches have to figure out where all of those pieces fit together to make the best team. And so, whereas um, mom, daddies that coach their kids all along, they have a quarterback and that's their quarterback. And that's just using that as an example. And he's gonna be the quarterback. Well, he might be the best receiver and now we have another quarterback. You know what I mean. So there has coaches work so hard at trying to get the best out of. Um, you know, sometimes you will say they're a great high school football player, and that's because the coaches do the best at getting their best qualities out to work with all the others. And so they work really hard, and they get questioned a lot because. They're 15, 16, 17-year-old little people <laughs> that make mistakes. They don't call fumbles. They don't call interceptions. They don't, Those aren't calls of the coaches. Those are kids playing ball. And just remember that they work really hard and they have families that look up to their daddies. And harsh words are easily spewed, but they are taken to heart by little ones, by little ears. So you have to remember that um at the dinner table communities at the dinner table don't talk bad about the coaches if you want to go in the bed bedroom and spew it to the spouse that's where you do it you don't do it to the kids because the kids don't know how to filter that they don't know how to then tomorrow like them again they they take that stuff to heart so you got to just build the coaches up always build the coaches up um now, if, they're, if there's something real, then obviously that's a, an issue, but I'm talking about coaches that work hard for kids, so you really need to, um, I would say, always support them, and always know those kids are working the hardest they can as well, so another tidbit is never never yell at another child that's not your own.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: That's where you can get some stuff going. <laughs>
0: Jody, you're providing so much wisdom and so much insight into this just valuable stuff. Do you have a mentor or someone that you've looked up to along the way, or has this been your experiences?
1: You know, most of them have been mine. I think just being in it 23 years, um, as far as coaching, I've had coaches along the way that have taught me good things and things I would take and then bad things that I wouldn't do. You kind of learn along the way. I feel like um, I've had a lot of people that have poured a lot into me outside of the coaching realm and, too, and just shared a lot of, um, Joseph and I were involved in the SCA, um, we were FCA sponsors at Stephenville and did that in college together and did huddles, things like that. I feel like that was from, uh, my mom was a missionary and um, she, she, was, she was a singer, a uh, part of it, but she was she would go to Haiti and to India and just really poured in the the importance of Jesus and just the importance of um, looking for what's going on around you in that. And I feel like focusing up helps you focus out. And and so I feel like um, probably the biggest thing has been, I've had great coaches' wives around So i wouldn't say there's one specific mentor i've taken something from everyone um it's always been a family affair it's always been uh something that i feel like when you build others up you get better results and so you know um pouring into family time pouring into other coaches wives that um kind of having these same conversations with them mm-hmm. and learning from what they've done. And um, you're, you my friend, Annie, just her, her see, it's a whole nother, not a mom thing, but just a rock star thing. You just, you know, you just having conversations that help you understand what's going on and how we can be the best for our husbands and for our families in a, in a place where I wouldn't change. I would not change a thing. I wouldn't change a Not one part of our journey would I change.
0: So, You talked earlier when we when we opened the podcast about, you know, what makes your husband special and something that stuck out. You said, you know, these players are just run through a brick wall for him. He obviously does a great job and showing that he loves them and they mean a lot to him. What are some of those ways that you are part of that to help build that connection and loyalty and, and and the things that we see on the field as well?
1: Uh, you know, I, I think that, um, it's, it's that genuine, we're all in it together, we're all here for each other. Um, and, and the fact that we have a bigger purpose in what we're doing, you know, um, I've, caring about the athletes more than wins and losses, um, we bring kids over here to the house for Thanksgiving. You know, they're part of our Thanksgiving. I don't remember the last Thanksgiving, I did not have either a family of friends with us or 11, 15 linebackers with us. And um, because they know we love them and they can't go to their mamas, so I'm gonna be their mama. And so, and I love them like a mama. If we lose, I'm hugging them and I'm saying, great job. You know, um, I feel like, you know, you said they would run through a brick wall. I think coaches that he coaches with would run through a brick wall for him as well. And I think that comes from the, the, we, you know, we're better together. There's no one person that's going to make this thing run. It's going to be all of us together. It's going to not run. And um, so I feel like uh, my part in that is to support their wives, support kids, their kids. I'll babysit. I will hold the, the baby. I will you know, whatever we all need, you know, we just know that we got each other's back. So.
0: That's key right there. I think you said something, and it's an approaching as a coach's wife, an awareness that especially um, – if you're living in a town where you don't really have a support system, now you experience now you move moved to Oklahoma and you're not living probably around your family, maybe you are right now, but uh, you experience that moving away and being aware. Like if you're in a season of life where you're not holding a baby or someone needs to go to a doctor's appointment, you talk about you'll babysit, things like yeah. that. I think that really needs to be said. Uh, sometimes it's really easiest for us to, wives to get her own world and just check these boxes off and not look around at the other wives around us and realize, gosh, one hour would make a difference in their yeah. life. For them to yeah. to a haircut, if you can't find a sitter in a new town. I mean, yeah. uh, have you seen that make a difference in some coaches' wives' lives? Absolutely.
1: And being able to go together and and say, okay, we're, we're together. I've got something. Can our kids play? Can our kids, you know, all the things that you know, when we moved from Stephenville to Owasa or Tulsa, we didn't know any other way. And Jake didn't think there was another world. And so it was a really difficult fourth grade year because we were nobodies where in Stephenville, I know Stephenville people are listening. It was like Joseph was the mayor. I don't know. You knew, they knew everything. They knew everything about him. They knew everything about us. We could go anywhere and everybody knew my kids' names and and that was a good thing in Stephenville. It's not always a good thing for everybody, but it was a good thing. But we went to a while, and I was like, I'm a nobody. I'm, like, literally. And at first, I was like, this is not bad. This is not bad. And then I thought, I don't like being a nobody. I, you know, I want to have somebody. And um, Jake needed somebody. You know, the kids need somebody. They need their people. And they need someone that, when you're a coach's family, you have automatically have a circle. You should. And if you don't, that would be key to me. You need a circle. You got to have a circle of trust. You got to have people to understand what you're going through. And then you got to have people that don't care. <laughs> they just love you. You know, they just love you. And they don't care what's going on. But you, you do need those people that you can just go, I can't believe we're going through this. How are we going to be okay? Um, and then you need someone that's going to encourage them. And I feel like that is my role. I send a Message out anytime we good and bad. I send it to the decent wives and just thankful, thankful for your husbands, thankful for y'all. You know, just encouragement of thank you for your sacrifice because the wife sacrifice it's our job, that's what we say, but it's a sacrifice, it it's sac- a sacrifice, it
0: is. Okay, you talked about those moments where you you don't go to restaurants constantly, but you have some downtime. And what do you guys do? Are you cooking? Are you do, are you making a special dinner, or is it is it a takeout night for your date nights?
1: Oh, you know, probably cooking. He really likes for my for me to cook. But like he likes to eat my cooking. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. But um, we we I think in Stephenville, we did not go out a lot because everybody did know him, and yeah. so anywhere you go, it's you're talking football, or you're talking, or somebody's got to play for you to run the next time, or just whatever, it doesn't even matter, and so, um we, you know, usually would get it takeout, and bring it in, if we did out to eat, um, we did go out some, but for the most part, um, he liked to be at home, because he wasn't at home enough, you know, and I think he's, he's, Fortunately, I've, I think I told you this before. Fortunately, he likes to be at home. He likes to be with family. We have four grandbabies now. So it's, you know, they, we want them here and we want to play with them. So it's just, um,
0: it, it's a, yeah, it's a home good, is good. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is. And We were before the podcast, uh, a few days ago, we were texting because obviously my husband grew up in Brownwood, born in Waco. Oh, yeah. And I remember when we were dating, uh, we have been married for a while, 21 years And uh, we were dating when I first went to that area of Texas, my cell phone from Memphis, my cell phone didn't even work. And I remember going, oh, my gosh, where are we going? Because when you get past that point, it didn't work. Now, I told you the text message, I would love for him to take me on vacation or something where my cell phone doesn't work. So. It works now in Stephenville and Bradwood. And now I'm a little bit sad about it.
1: (laughs) Yes. Now everybody can still get
0: you. I know, but it's fun. some, Some great people there. Okay. So what do you do for your downtime? You talked about it is important to take some time so you can pour into others. What do you do now? Do you still run?
1: I do. I don't run as much. I walk a lot. I do some Pilates, which I'm just now getting into. Pickleball. Pickleball. Yes, I love pickleball. I got addicted to that last year. Um, And so just anything to get out and be active. I really, I take an hour walk with a friend a day, usually try to, and uh, that's really good. And, you know, I always like to turn on, if I'm by myself, I like to turn on my praise and worship music and have my little, just remembering that all is good. All is good. In the big scheme of things, when you look at it all, wins and losses really don't matter that's not what we're here for. Remember, I have three healthy children, I have four healthy grandbabies, and you know to me that's what life is
0: about. Okay. About building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it is. Top two to three favorite coaches wife memories.
1: Well one of the top three would have to be the Michigan game um winning the fiesta bowl. That was that would be in the top uh winning state um in 2012 would be another one and then really the the next one would be just being a um being able to cheer these boys on whether it's high school or college just being able to cheer them on every week and just being their
0: biggest cheerleaders so rapid fire questions are you ready okay i think so i never do blank at a football game
1: Sit down.
0: Sit down. Dress up or dress down? To a game? You know,
1: I'm kind of casual, but I dress up sometimes and I dress out, So I'm kind of an in-betweener. I'm going to surprise you.
0: Okay. All right.
1: No heels, though. Boots, okay. but no heels. <laughs> okay.
0: I know. I did heels in my 20s. Now I'm like, it's, it. most, it's a wedge. Yes. It, that's it. Favorite college football atmosphere outside of TCU? Oh, college football.
1: I didn't do a whole lot of college football. I did like when we went to Michigan State. That was a pretty cool atmosphere. But UT A&M probably I would have to say, probably when UT and A&M used to play back in the day, I went to those games and those were fun.
0: Very fun. My claim to fame. (laughs) You know, I don't know what my claim to fame would be. Joseph Gillespie's wife. Well, it sounds like third-down stand-up and foam finger. That's pretty iconic though. That probably
1: is. My claim to fame would be the cheerleader of all cheerleaders in this band. That's probably right.
0: You get a night alone, what show are you bench-watching? Anything on Hallmark. <laughs> They're fixing to start Christmas. Have they started Christmas yet? They have. Well,
1: old Christmas. I've seen them all. So <laughs> I just like a feel-good thing. Just they make fun of me, and I'm like, I, I just want
0: to feel good. I mean, are of life stressful enough? Do we really need to watch some tragedy? Like, That's let's right. just watch something work out easily. That's right. What's your go to meal to cook?
1: Probably a crock pot <laughs> chicken, like a chicken taco. Probably my whole family loves it, or spaghetti. Mm-hmm. If I was going to do it, everybody loves it.
0: What's your walk up song?
1: You know, uh, probably. Uh, what is it? I don't even know. I, I saw that question and I was like, what would my walk-up song? Probably uh, something about being happy. I don't know. I'm so happy. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. Thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely incredible journey.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Chris. And It's amazing to be on this and uh, so grateful.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Brewer of Hope. Brewer of Hope is a nonprofit that supports medically fragile children. If you'd like to make a tax deductible donation, you can use Venmo at Brewer Hope or online at BrewerofHope.org. For a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit CoachesWifelife.org and follow us on social media at CoachesWifelife.